And uh, this is off subject a little bit, but at least it, it's, it makes sense in my thinking, so I'm going to go with my thinking. Um, I'm, I'm writing on, on, uh, on the goodness of God, and I have a chapter on preventing a civil war. And the civil war is honestly is between believers over the definition of the goodness of God. Everybody has to believe he's good because the Bible says so. But the way it's defined varies so dramatically from God giving cancer to one person to teach them spiritual lessons to on the other extreme, uh, God is no longer judge, he's no longer, you know, I mean, it's, it's just bizarre. And we have to stay to the word. And here's what I want to read to you and I'll try to explain it afterwards. Most every believer confesses that God is good. We have to, it's in the Bible. It's not the conviction of his goodness that threatens us. It's our definition of his goodness that has brought much debate, sometimes conflict and turmoil into the family of God. If he is as good as some claim, it will require massive change in how we do life. Instead of creating doctrines that explain away our weakness and anemic faith, we actually have to find out why the greater works than these have not been happening in and around our lives. And much of the Pharisees, and much like the Pharisees, who saw Jesus as a threat to their positions of power and influence. So many leaders feel threatened over a shift in theological positions that imply we've not been as successful in ministry as we could have been. The fight to protect the sanctity of our history has kept us from a more significant future. The last phrase is really the reason I wanted to read that to you. <clears throat> the fight to protect the sanctity of our history. There are people who will actually stay with the deception in their family line to protect the memory of their family instead of yielding to Christ to make a difference for following generations. Well, God bless you. Welcome to Prophetic Whispers. And that was that was uh, one of the great uh, teachers of our day today, Dr. <laughs> Brother Bill Johnson up in Bethel. And um, his... Uh, his uh, insights into healing and the goodness of God and, and the reason it's important to understand that is because grace okay grace grace is the unlimited love in abundance of of um, affection unlimited forgiveness unlimited unlimited healing unlimited deliverance that's all grace that's all grace um, and, and so in bringing Bill, uh, his thoughts out here in, in what he read and what he discovered about how the church is losing its history and how this this idea of healing, you know, especially in the pandemic that we are in now. Now, don't get me wrong. You know, if um, healing is su such a major, major component to salvation well then the question would be to bill johnson besides besides uh, uh the government said so um is why did you shut your church down why aren't you still open if god is healing if god is good or do we bow to the knee of of conventional human wisdom um and that sickness um you know God can't. God can do, and God can heal everything and anything except coronavirus. And therefore, we are. That, that again. That's a theological question. That is, you know, do we bend our knee or not? Do we compromise or don't we compromise? People don't get that. They they don't understand that. You know, when you look at Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, when you look when you look at at uh, Peter and John, when it says, "Do we obey God?" 
Okay, do we obey God or do we obey man? You know, Jesus says, I'm not, I'm going to give to Caesar what belongs to Caesar, but I'm going to give to God what belongs to God. And these are things that, that the church has, has so in my humble opinion, um, has, has backtracked on. And we bent our knee. And, you know, we just keep quiet now, put our masks on, sit down, shut up, take the vaccine, do exactly what we're told. Because Jesus, this whole thing, you know... Um, is uh is cut, got by surprise you know all of a sudden salvation doesn't cover what salvation covered you know the intentions of god are now thwarted because you know we got this uh you know the kung flu hit and uh and this pandemic in the sense of of um of um uh uh, the coronavirus is is now the 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 law of the land, and all of a sudden we just bent our knee to this thing. What does the Bible say theologically? Don't you care? You're a Christian. You're saved. You're saved, right? You have salvation. What does it mean? What was done? What was accomplished? What is the finished work of Christ in you, in me? That's what we're going to get into today. So today we're going to be talking about sin and sickness, and redemption. You know, and salvation and redemption, atonement. And so today we're going to look at, at this, this, uh, this reality in Christianity, not this virtual Christianity, not this imaginary thinking, you know, it's, it's all in your mind. You know, this simulated, this simulated church that they're trying to get us into, this simulated uh, idea of doing things where, where it's, it's done by computer and it's done, there's no human interaction, there's no touch, there's no feel. That was, how, what would you think if Jesus just came, came and died metaphorically? What, what would that mean to your salvation? What would happen if, uh, you know, the crucifixion was just on a computer and, and there was really no actual shedding of blood and there was actually no lambs that were killed? What, if there's no actuality instead of visual, where, where would you be? Where would I be? And this is where this social engineering is taking us. And we must fight. We must fight for the realities of the gospel Fight for the realities of the Bible truths. Okay, don't succumb to the virtual ideas, the reimagining, the Marxism language of reimagining, and others, and others. In other words, look at truth, deny the truth, and reimagine it some other way. No, no, we're not doing that. We're going to believe the Word of God. We're going to exegete the Word of God. We're going to look at the Bible. We're going to look at the original text. We're going to examine the text and obey God and obey God. So let's look at this um, this great uh, this great discussion today on healing and the atonement. Okay. The atonement, the covering of sins, the death of Christ. What was actually paid? Okay, what is this salvation? What is this savior? What is and what does it mean to the saved? So we're going to look at the doctrine of soteria. Okay, we're going to see soteria, salvation. Okay, every every salvation. If there is salvation, there needs to be a soterer. Okay, a soterer is the one that brings salvation. Okay, so Jesus Christ is the soter of salvation, soteria. Okay, and it brings you, once you accept Jesus Christ, the soter, you are now in salvation. That salvation produces sozo, the life of God, the, the preservation of God, the restoration of God. And we're going to get into this today. 
and uh, hopefully kind of kind of strengthen your faith and start saying, hey, you know what? I believe the scriptures. I believe the word of God. I believe what God says. So the atonement is an Old Testament word, which means covering, which is for the Israelite. Uh, they would bring a yearly sacrifice to the uh, which was prescribed to the priest, and that priest would sacrifice it for him, and it would. It would um, cover him for a year, and he had to come back the next year. Okay, so that would provide a covering. That's where the atonement comes. Okay, so when you look at this covering, you know, uh, we're going to get into this in Hebrews. This word atonement is an Old Testament application. We used it in the New Testament um, parallel to the freedom. We're going to get into this, the freedom that comes in Christ. Okay, so Luke chapter 2, let's look at this salvation. Okay, let's look at the soter first. Okay, Luke 2 11 says this For there is there's born to you this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ our Lord, a soter, a soter, which brings sozo. Okay, soto, a soter is the one that brings salvation. Now, watch this. Okay, what does a soter do? Okay, to save, to deliver, to protect, to heal, to preserve, to do well, and to make whole. Did you catch that? Did you catch that? This is this is what Jesus provided. Okay, to heal, to preserve, to make you do well, to deliver, to make you complete as a person, to make you whole. Now, Acts chapter 4, 12, which is the word soteria, salvation. Listen to what he says. He says this, nor is there any salvation in any other name, for there is no name under heaven given unto men among men which we must be saved. Okay, so you have soteria. Now, what is soteria? Soteria is in, in the Greek is means this: it's deliverance, health, salvation, the fact of being preserved to be in a safety posture. Okay. That's what salvation is. You are saved. Okay? It's just not eternal life, but it's the benefits that come with the eternal life. Healing is right there. Every definition of sozo, soteria, soter, healing is right there. Now watch this. The um, shall be saved. Now that Greek word sozo, okay, saved, uh, means sozo in the Greek. It, it's this, to deliver, to protect, to heal, to preserve, to save, to do well, and to make one's whole. So you can see this thread of information, the soter, the soteria, and then the sozo, okay, how they all come together. And sozo is the root word of of uh, salvation, soteria. So from this root word, okay, from the very root of who Jesus is, healing flows through him, okay? Healing flows through the work of Christ. And this is more evident um, in in the, in the, uh, what we will call the uh, crucifixion, okay? In the passion of Christ. We're going to get into that as we move forward. So you as a Christian, when you say you are saved, salvation and healing go hand in hand. It's part and parcel of who Jesus is. That's why he says, I am the Lord that healeth thee. What is he, what's he saying? I am Jehovah Rapha. Now let's look at Hebrews 10, 
15 through 18 is a little little lengthy reading okay but you're gonna I want you to put this together no sense in rushing it's a podcast okay no sense in rushing but looking at the scriptures and putting them in proper context okay putting in proper context this is what he says this is um, um, the the writer of Hebrews uses uh, Psalms chapter 46 through 8 okay read that you can read that on your own but let's look at Hebrews 10 15 5 through 18 he says therefore he came into the world he said sacrifices and offerings you do not desire but a body you have prepared for me in burnt offerings and sacrifices for sin you had no pleasure then I said, Behold, I come in the volume of a book, as it is written, to do your will, O God. Previously saying, Sacrifices and burnt offerings and offerings for sin you do not desire, nor had pleasure in them, which are offered according to the law. Then he said, Behold, I've come to do your will. Again, this is very important. I come to do your will. What is the will of God? Follow. Okay, follow. He takes away the first that he may establish the second. So he gets rid of the bulls. He gets rid of the goats. He gets rid of them. And now he has his son. For God so loved the unmerited, graced gift of God to you. And healing is right in the middle of it. Okay? He says this. <clears throat> he says that he takes away the first to establish the second. By that we will... We will have been sanctified through the offering of the body of Jesus Christ once and for all. Okay, Christ's death um, and every priest stands ministering daily and offering repeated the same sacrifices, which can never take away sin. But this man, after he had offered one sacrifice for sin forever, sat down at the right hand of the of, of God the Father from the time waiting till his enemies are made his enemies at are made his footstool for by one offering he has perfected forever those who are being sanctified okay those who are being sanctified but the holy spirit also witnessed to us for after he he had said before this is the covenant that i will make with them after those days says the lord i will put my laws in their heart and their minds and i will write them and then he adds their sins and their lawless deeds i will remember no more now, where there is remission of sins, there is no longer offerings for sin. So again, this great salvation establishes a new remission of sins, meaning paid for. He purchased you. You and I are purchased. So then we get the idea that your health has been paid for by your salvation. What Jesus did on the cross, what he did in the resurrection, what he did... Um, uh, in the beatings that he took and what he did in the sacrificial life that he gave up for you and I, healing is right there. Sickness is taken care of right there. And if sickness is taken care, sin is taken care of, so is sickness. Okay, we see, remember yesterday's podcast, sin is the greater and sin and sickness is the result of, it's the lesser. But, Again, keep that in mind. Keep that in mind. Do not lose that, okay? Because sin, sin was produced from the nature of Satan. That's where it comes from. It comes from sin. And sickness, as again, as we did, don't want to uh, digress 
to yesterday, but listen to yesterday's podcast on the nature of, of, of diseases and sicknesses and, and who was the instrument of, uh, of those type of applications to humanity. It was always Satan, okay? So when you start looking at this, Okay, about, about establishing a new, well, let's establish this. Let's put an end to this. Does Jesus heal? Yes. Is healing for you? Yes. Why? Because salvation is mine. And in salvation, what? If there's a soter, one that brings healing, then there's salvation, which manifests healing, and then there's being saved, where healing is lived out and it's activated. So you have a Savior, you have salvation, you have those that are saved. Okay, never forget that. That's part of redemption. That's part of what Hebrews talks about, about establishing the new salvation, the sozo, the soteria, and the sotur in your life. Okay, Isaiah 53.1. Now let's look at this. Let's look at this. I'll break this down for you. Isaiah 53.1 through 6 says this. He who believes our report and to whom is the arm of the Lord revealed? Again, Whose report, you know, whose story, whose narrative are you going to believe? You're going to believe the Bible or are you going to believe what man says? Are you going to believe the scientists? Are you going to believe the doctors? You know, wear a mask, don't wear a mask. This is, this is complete hogwash. Masks don't work. If they were, you know, I was on an airplane. It was absolutely funny. You know, six feet social distancing. We were, we were packed in that airplane um, right next to each other. And they wear a mask. Well, we're standing right next to each other. We're, we're, we're like sardines in a, in, in, a, in a can. And you're going to tell me masks going to save? You know, like I said, if, if masks save people, why did, they, why did they release all the prisoners from prison? Why didn't they just give them masks? That's, because they don't work. They know they don't work. It's ridiculous. But again, the church just bowed his knee. Yeah, oh yeah, because the government said. You know, we need to challenge these things theologically. Watch what he says. Whose report are you going to believe? Well, we don't believe those reports. John MacArthur didn't believe the report. You know, uh, Pastor Cheon don't believe the report. You know, there's there's many others that don't believe that report. There are people that are more afraid of the government. They are afraid of disobeying God. He says, for he shall grow up before him as a tender plant and as a root and dry ground. He's talking about Christ, how he's grown up. He has no form of kindliness, and when we see him there, there is no beauty that we should desire him. He is despised and rejected by men, a man of sorrows, acquainted with griefs, and we did, as it were, our fa- and we hid, as it were, our faces from him. He was despised, and we did not esteem him. Surely, listen, surely, that, that's important for you to know. Surely, okay, surely. That, that means without a doubt. He, he bore our griefs and carried away our sorrows, yet we esteemed him smitten by God and afflicted. Now, let's look at we He carried away our sorrows. Now, well, I'm going to come back to that. Okay, Matthew chapter 8, verse 17 uses the same exact wording. Okay, the great Matthew, okay, the, the, the tax collector, he caught something, okay, and he reestablished it in Matthew 8, 17. We're going to touch. Watch this. He carried away our sorrows, okay? In other words, those grieving, that you know, the things that cause us pain, he carried that away. This is what salvation does, okay? Yet we esteemed him stricken, smitten by God, okay? Smitten by God. Now, that word smitten is the, is the Hebrew word nakah, which means to strike, to beat, to cast, to, to slap, 
Okay, so when you start looking, when you start looking at what he went through, the the physical beating, okay, the physical beating, you know, uh, some of you could watch uh, Mel Gibson's um, the the Passion of Christ. Watch that, okay, watch that. This is what is taking place now. Now, was that a virtual? Was that just virtual? Jesus didn't that didn't happen. His beard wasn't plucked from him. That that uh, they didn't put a crown of thorns on his head, and he didn't bleed, and and all. Listen, is this virtual Christianity? Is that where we live? Is that is that what it's come down to? Or can we look at the scriptures and apply them? He was smitten. He was slapped. He was afflicted. He was afflicted. This word afflicted is, is, the, is the Hebrew word ana, which means to depress literally. Okay? Which means to, he was looked down, he was browbeaten. They, they, they browbeaten him. You know, you know what it means to be browbeaten? It's when somebody frowns on you. Okay? When they look at you with disdain, when they look at you as if you are low like nothing, that's a browbeat. Okay? That's a browbeating. Okay, and it says this, he was bruised, um, but he was wounded for our transgressions. I love it. He was wounded. This, this word halal is, the, is, is to mean to, to, to say that he was, he was actually dissolved. In other words, you couldn't recognize him. He was wounded. Those wounds were, were so bad you couldn't even recognize him. He dissolved himself. The, the, the wounds dissolved him. The beatings were so, so bad that you couldn't recognize him for our transgressions. So here you have salvation because we all know salvation is, is the removal of all transgressions. But it was a price to be paid. A soterer paid that price so there could be soteria, so that there could be sozo. And he says this, and he says that he was bruised for my iniquities. Again, sickness, sin, right there. He's paying the price for sin. He's paying the price for iniquities. He's paying the price for sin. He was bruised. Is the Greek is the Greek is the Hebrew word dakha, which which means to beat to pieces, to to try to break. That's what was going on. He was bruised. Okay. In fact, um, in the um, in the New Testament, the word "by his stripes" is, means that, like he became one big wound. We'll get into that in in um, in a minute. Okay. He was chastised. He was chastised for our peace was upon him. By his stripes we were healed. What does a chastise mean? That means that he was forced to obey. That's what chastised. This is what this this word here means. He was forced. Shut up. Sit down. Move to the right. Pick up your cross. All those things. He was chastised. For your peace so that you wouldn't be bullied emotionally you wouldn't be bullied physically mentally you wouldn't be bullied uh, in your mind by the enemy this is the chastisement of our peace that was upon him watch this okay by his stripes his chabura his chabura that's that that's that hebrew word chabura which means the bruising the blueness the blackness and the blueness of every every strike was upon him and by your stripes, we are healed. What's that word healed? It's the Greek word, Rafa. Rafa. And that means, by his stripes, the great physician. It was through this that the great physician made available in salvation. Because don't forget, if you read the other verses, the verses that we just read, transgressions and iniquities are both the telltale signs of sin. Okay? The other the other beatings and the other the other portions of the scripture refer to the results of it. 
Okay, the result of it, the chastisement of our peace was upon him. Our sorrows, all those are brought upon us because of sin. Now watch Matthew 8, 16 and 17. Okay, so again, you have this picture. This is the great prophet Isaiah. That was Isaiah 53, 1 through 6 that we went through. Okay, so now that you get a picture of what Jesus did, Isaiah sees it. He sees the crucifixion. So you go to Matthew 8, chapter 6. Um, eight Matthew eight sixteen and seventeen says this: When he had come, when evening came, they brought to him many who were demon possessed, and they and he cast out spirits with the word, and he healed all who were sick. Listen, that it might be fulfilled which was spoken by the prophet Isaiah, saying, He himself took away and bore our sicknesses. So what what was what was Matthew saying? He says, this is what Isaiah was talking about. Look what he's doing. He's taking sicknesses off people. He's casting out devils. He's attacking the enemy. Listen, this is important because this is part of salvation. Here you have the soter in action. You bring in what? Salvation, soteria, healing, deliverance, preservation. He's bringing it to the people so that they could be sozo, saved, which is a combination of all those words together, producing, producing the result that was needed. So here you have Matthew looks at Jesus, remembers Isaiah chapter 53, and he says, my God, I'm watching it happen in front of me. Okay, now watch this. First Peter chapter 2, verse 24 and 25. He says this, Who himself bore our sins in his own body on the tree. Listen, who himself bore our sins on his body on the tree. So sins and crucifixion go together. Now keep walk, keep tracking. That we, having died to sin, might live to righteousness, by whose stripes ye were healed now this is important that word ye were healed is written in the it is written in the arrowist tense now the arrowist tense means an action completed never to be repeated again okay it's something totally completed is a completed action watch this he says by whose stripes we are healed same thing as isaiah he uses the same concepts the same thing why because it, it's the same soteria it's the same salvation it's the same soter it's the same result sozo healing and deliverance so in your salvation you are freed from sin yes but you are now freed to walk in health you are now free to be healed in jesus name why is that important because it's part and parcel of salvation the all-encompassing work of christ jesus now again what you look at when you look at this this uh, theological structure I just gave you, okay, Isaiah fifty three, Matthew eight seventeen, First um, Peter two twenty four and twenty five, you have you have the the coming together of sin and sin and sickness being abolished through Jesus Christ our Lord, bingo. Okay, coronavirus has nothing, bows its knee, just like every other sickness, every other disease, every other assault upon human, human, humankind. Okay, now watch this. Look at Matthew, okay, because I want to show you this. Okay, Matthew chapter 27, 24 through 31, because this here is what Isaiah was talking about. So we could wrap this up today. And he says this, okay. 
when Pilate saw that they could not prevail prevail at all, but but rather that a tumult was rising, he took water and washed his hands before the multitude, saying, I am innocent of the blood of this just person. You see to it. And all the people answered, His blood be on us and our children. Then they released Bar- Barabbas to them. And when he had scourged Jesus, when he had scourged Jesus, there it is. There's Isaiah 53. Now you're watching it in real life. You're watching it happen in the life of Jesus. This wasn't this wasn't virtual Christianity. This is reality. This was a price paid. He says this. They scourged Jesus. He delivered him to be crucified. Then the soldiers and the governors took Jesus into the the praetorium and gathered the whole garrison around him and they stripped him and put a scarlet robe on him. Again, this is the they didn't esteem him. This is that whole sorrow thing. This is this is that whole browbeat thing. This is the humiliation that was upon him. And when they twisted a crown of thorns, they put it on his head and the reed in the in his right hand and they bowed and they bowed the knee before him and mocked him saying hail hail king of the jews then they spat on him they took the reed and they struck him with the reed again this is a roman soldier again this is 39 stripes that he was taking to become one bruise that's what first uh first peter uh, 2 24 says then they spat on him and they took the reed and they struck him on the head and when they had mocked him they took the robe off him put his own clothes on him and led him away to be crucified. This is what Isaiah saw. He was wounded for our transgression, bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him. By his stripes, we are healed. We must recapture our message. As Bill Johnson said, we have compromised way too much to go along with the narrative instead of staying true to the theological gospel, the one that is straightforward. You you read it and you pull it out. You analyze it. You question it. You ask the questions. You don't ignore it just because the narrative and the report of the world is changing. God's word never changes. Sickness and disease and sin, they are no match. For the great salvation that was given to us in Christ Jesus. God bless you. I pray you enjoy this. Look at the theological structure. We're going to get some more healing tomorrow. And um, again, I pray you enjoy this. Keep following along. Keep subscribing. Keep sharing. Invite people to listen in. Um, and if you have any questions regarding this, I've got plenty of resources here in my library. Uh, just go ahead and uh, email me at efjministries at gmail.com and I'll be more than happy to get back to you. God bless you. We love you. And remember, what a great salvation we have in Jesus Christ, providing all that's necessary for my health and my well-being your health and your well-being in Jesus' name. God bless you.